Welcome to another episode of Live Fix Radio. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And uh, Colleen, are you? Are you it's great to, to have uh, have you here. And of course, you're you're always here, though, right? I'm a part of the show. Chris. Yes, you are. You know, and and uh, I'm glad you're here for this episode because uh, you know I've I've often wondered if you are a fan of of Kiss. Because I mean, you heard the music that we we had coming into the show here, and this is the very first time we've we've ever mentioned. Kiss on the show and kind of looked at uh, the history of the band and you know their contribution to uh, live music history. So, um, how do you, how do you feel about Kiss? I you know I'm I'm a fan. I don't I don't know that I'm a huge fan, but I'm a fan. Yeah, fan. I like some of their stuff nice. for sure. I, I I like the energy that they put into their costumes and stage performance. Yeah, yeah. They've been. They. I do they, watch the reality show though. Which, Does that count? Which, yeah, which we were, we were Gene Simmons. Right, we were t- we were talking about that earlier. Gene about, Simmons, the Family Jewels. Uh-huh. I do watch that. Yeah, and uh, so I got a kick out of watching that, and I kind of a, I'm kind of like a backdoor fan because I started watching the show and kind of started being becoming more appreciative of Kiss. Oh, really? Because oh, of the so, show. So, so by watching the Family Jewels, you've kind of gone back and uh, downloaded some some live Kiss tracks then. Yeah. So that's why you're walking around the house uh, the last couple of weeks with. Uh, with the Gene Simmons, uh, the demon mask and the red tongue thing. No. Now, now I understand. I, I was, I was kind of wondering about that. But in any case, uh, yeah. It's, on today's show, we're going to be talking with a. Uh, you can't really make that kind of stuff up about me. I don't know if that's really. Well, if people believe fair that, on, then, uh, then on this podcast. Right. We okay. If if you know if you believe what I just said was true, and I have a reputation up to hold up to uphold, and you know if you. Well, that, might even, that might get you some more wearing, street cred. Me wearing masks and things like that. I mean, just just uh, just because we're on the record. Yeah. I did not walk around with a kiss mask. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. But if if you did, if you had the opportunity to do that, would you? No. 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 Mm-mm. Not not at all. No. Okay. Well, maybe at the end of the show, you know, because we have what we've done is uh, we've caught up and talked with a uh, a, a very important person in the history of, uh, of KISS. Uh, his name is Michael Brandvold, and what he's done is, uh, you know, he started out as a fan, and uh, Michael uh, Brandvold uh, Marketing is the uh, company he started a couple years ago. Um, he works with bands, and he's worked with KISS. He was the person who brought KISS online in the, in the 90s and, f- and founded the very first KISS online uh, you know, .com, the fan site uh, that has, you know, ushered in just, in, you know, and set a standard for uh, fan forums, bands, uh, connecting with their fans online. So uh, we caught up with him, uh, Michael Brandvold. He, he, Michael also has a, uh, a really great blog uh, where he, tra- he um, shares tips for bands on how to, you know, market, 
their live, you know, uh, their live show, connect with them online, you know, things like that. So we talked with him. We asked him, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, what sort of things he learned from Kiss from being a fan because he started as a fan and they brought him on, you know, they brought uh, brought him into the mix and you know, let him eventually run the whole, you know, the whole show and, and create uh, what we know as Kiss Online today, the Kiss Army, all kind of stuff. So, um, so maybe you'll be a convert, you know, by the end maybe of the show. Maybe I'm Alan. definitely going to yeah, appreciate. You know, the behind the scenes stuff yeah. for sure yeah. the marketing and the online stuff because that's that's huge now for bands is being visible online i think it's huge for fans too cuz fans can really put out there what they how they feel about a band i mean how many times you go on youtube and you know these these fans are trying to mimic um you know these songs with their own guitar, with their voices. I mean, yeah, I, you, you got to. I mean, you got to bring the, that in. There's a video I know? saw just the other day. Um, got to let fans do that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it amazes me how many bands don't really let their fans embrace the music. They're at, you know, some bands are really afraid to let their fans right. recreate their music. And, and some people music, just use pictures. Know? Like I saw something the other day um, where someone was just using pictures to express the words of a song. Yeah. Like their own version of it, so um, so it's huge. The internet has really changed the way that fans interact with uh, bands and band, how bands interact with fans. Yeah, yeah. So we got a great interview um, planned for you today. Uh, it's coming up in a, in a little bit here. We got some news that we're going to get to because this week um, is a very historic week. Uh, do you know what happened 60 years ago this week, Colleen? Guess. I have no clue what happened six years ago. There probably was some kind of live music moment, I'm guessing. You're close. You're close. Because this is a live music podcast, so that's probably what we're, we'd be talking about, right? So 60 years ago this week, actually March 21st, the actual day, but, you know, it's this whole week we've been, you know, I've been really thinking about this and the whole, you know, live music experience wouldn't, you know, what we know as today as the concert experience uh, would not exist if... The Moondog Coronation Ball would not have happened. You know, if that would not have happened on that on that night in Cleveland, uh, we would probably not be sitting here talking about, you know, live music and Kiss and, and all that. And that completely kind of explains stuff. why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, you were asking me about that the other day. You know, because like, why, I, I really didn't Cleveland? have an idea of why Cleveland, and yeah. it makes complete sense. Yeah. So. What the Moondog Coronation Ball was was basically uh, there was a guy and his name is Alan Freed, real you know famous uh, DJ. He had this late night show that he would play what they call back then were race records, basically artists you know uh, records uh, made by black artists, uh, and had a huge huge following. But they didn't actually know how big the following was, you know, until they had this uh, this idea to throw a concert because Alan Freed saw the opportunity to you know. Um, Bring everybody together, probably you know, probably you know, make a little money. So what he did is he partnered up with a uh, an owner of a music store. Uh, his name is Leo Mintz, and uh, Leo Mintz had a, uh, a a record store that was on the fringes of Cleveland's black community. And uh, there's a really good article that um, actually one of our one of our friends. Um, I didn't. I don't think I'll say her name because I don't know if she wants me to say her name. But you know who you are, and thank you for uh, passing this article. Uh, along, uh, it's very very helpful, and uh, uh, it's actually uh, written by the BBC. So we'll have a link to this uh, this article, but paints it really nicely. I mean, basically, the Moondog Coronation Ball. These, you know, Alan Freed 
Leo Mintz, they came together and they had the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Arena, uh, what, what is now the Cleveland Arena. But what had happened is that they oversold the, uh, the venue and they had 20,000 people that came and the venue only held 10,000. So um, as funny as it is, this is historically what is known as the very first rock and roll concert you know, people refer to this. And as it was. The, it the big it sounds like it was a mess. It was. It never happened. Uh, the artists that were that were playing didn't even get through the first. Sounds like songs. the movie that was, we just saw. It was canceled. Which which movie is that? Movie about two Irish brothers. Oh, white Irish drinkers. White Irish drinkers. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a little bit. That was. I guess that was a little bit different. But. Uh, well, it, they they over well. They they sold tickets to a show that never happened. Yeah, the promoter. He uh, you know was. Uh, Great, uh, great movie, by the way, right? I mean, we were kind of watching it involved the, the Rolling Stones and, and everything. So similar kind of stuff. Well, I mean, they, though, weren't, they the, didn't the fans end up in those, being there. The fans in those movies, right. They, they, uh, the band never showed because it was a... It was a uh, fake. Uh, it was a... Um, fake. Yeah, it was a heist yeah. or not a heist, but... Uh, Rolling Stones never came because yeah. they were never going to come. Scam. That's scam. right. It was a scam. That's what I was looking for. So it was a scam. They never came and the fans got crazy. They jump up on the stage, start tearing shit down. And all of a sudden, you know, they, uh, they take, um, you know, they, they take the promoters and the, you know, the guy who was left and everything, but Moondog Coronation Ball, uh, very, very similar. So what had happened is that, uh, you know, and this is how Alan Freed and, and, uh, Leo Mintz tell the story is that there was a printing error that the tickets that went out, they're supposed to have tickets for one night and then tickets for a follow-up night. So... You know, some people say, "Oh, they just oversold it, and they, you know, they got everybody's money, and then, you know." Did they, they have to return their funds, people's funds? Uh, the, the the stats are a little bit, uh, you know, some say yes, some say no. You know, and there was rules, you know, pro, you know, some, uh, you know, were they going to press charges, all these types of things. So, you know, the details are a little a little sketchy on that. But um, in any case, historic time. This Moondog Coronation Ball basically set the stage for what we know. You know, when you go to a concert, you know, like later this week, we're going to be going to, you know, see uh, see Chairlift, you know, at the Empty Bottle in Chicago. So you have to think of the Moondog Coronation Ball, know the history of that, just how important it was. Because, um, you know, Alan Freed, Leo Mintz, two guys got together and had this had this concert. So it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to kind of think how far... People, you know how far we've come. How many concerts have happened since that night in Cleveland? To here we are in 2012. You know, and just how much the concert, ha- you know, had uh, had experienced. If I always wondered, if, what if we had a YouTube video of, uh, you know, of that night? You know, and what would what what would fans if they had Twitter on that night? Like, what would those fans be tweeting? You know, what what would they? Uh, you know, how would Alan Freed handle the? Uh, stuff on Facebook and Twitter, you know, if that, that existed. So, so we salute the Moondog Coronation Ball. Again, we wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't, uh, weren't for them. So definitely got to, uh, got to pay tribute to, uh, to that. So what else we have here? Um, yeah, I said earlier that, uh, I'm really excited. There's this band called Chairlift and, uh, they're kind of an indie rock, uh, synth pop band. Really, really cool. Looking forward to, uh, to them. They'll be playing at the Empty Bottle uh, this Friday, uh, 30th, at, um, at uh, in Chicago. And uh, I'm really excited about going uh, to that show. 
I know it'll be a good uh, time. I know we're uh, we're we're actually going with uh, one of our fellow music fans who he was on the show a couple shows ago, uh, Eric Kolke. So we're uh, we're super psyched about that because you know we talked with Eric for. I mean, we recorded the show, and the interview was, you know, an hour or so, but we actually met with him, hung out, hung out with him for about six hours. You know, we, we just, he was swapping stories, and, you know, we just talked live music and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So um, I'm super excited to just experience a show with Eric. Uh, I mean, some of the things that uh, that he told me, how he does, uh, how he takes It'll in live music. It'll be interesting to see him and yeah. how he interacts with the, the, the fans and the, the band. Right, right. Yeah, so it's so. chairlift, empty bottle. Empty bottle is a great venue if you haven't been there before. Uh, I believe they still have uh, free music nights on uh, on Monday night. Is, uh, is is their free music night, and you know the other nights you do have to pay for tickets. But uh, and I do believe that the chairlift show is still uh, tickets are still available uh, for that at the time of this. You know when we're doing this recording. So uh, definitely check them out. They have a new album coming uh, that's just that just came out. is one of my favorite albums uh, so far of 2012. The album's called Something. And uh, they have uh, another album that I've gotten into, I think came out in 2009, called uh, uh, Does You Inspire You? And uh, they actually, the cover of the album is what looks like a, a live show that um, they uh, kind of have some songs in, in that album to talk about live music. So super excited to see them, see what they're like. Empty Bottles is a really cool little venue that uh, you can get really close to the band and fans and it's a really tight little intimate uh, venue. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, this is, you know, Colleen, you should talk about this one, the uh, the video that uh, that we found. Oh, well, like usual, you're, you're I stumbled the, upon. You're, you're the one that found this. Yeah. This, this is a gem. This well, is a gem. you know, I like to go, I mean, I, I go on a lot of blogs. I go on a lot of, um, you know, I'm on Pinterest now. Live Fix has a Pinterest, so check us out there. Um, but I, there was a video that I had found on YouTube that was of um, a homemade a homemade video of a girl who was complaining that people were not dancing enough at shows. Brandy, yeah, Brandy, and Brandy, so Brandy had some good thoughts. It was, and and I hope to have her on the podcast um, so we can interview her. But yeah, we got to get her. I mean, on this here. video was all about that, and it was just it was very creative and and funny, and um, and it made me think a little bit of you know maybe why I don't at times dance and sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. So I think I've sort of... Do you hold of, yourself back at shows? No, I wouldn't say hold myself back, no. Oh. I, I would say that I each show is very different to me. Mm-hmm. And there are shows that I... It, I think it just depends on where I'm at that day. You know, yeah. how I'm feeling, where I'm at. You know, I, there's some days that I go to a show and I totally zone out and I don't even listen to the band. Really? 
What I mean, I just kind of have my own that? thing going on. And, when, and when, when did you do that last? I don't know. Probably a band I didn't really want to go see. You uh, know, but well, I went. What was the band the that, you, that, you, that you enjoy? The last great uh, show that you went to, where you just you let it out, you rocked out. I don't in know. Your, in it, your it own hasn't way. been a while. It, it's been a while. I think probably the last time I really felt like I was getting into probably was like Cold War Kids at uh, Lollapalooza last year. Maybe that was like hmm. the last band I really enjoyed. Um, I like Weezer a lot. Oh, I was yeah. dancing a little bit at Weezer. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I would say dancing, but definitely moving around during the show. You had some kind of uh, physical outside, you know, external reaction right. to it that people could see. They right. looked at you and they go, she's rocking out. Ab- yes. You might, you, you weren't, I know you weren't crowd surfing, but you don't no. have to crowd surf to be rocking out, right? Right. So Absolutely. Would you be like the dancing guy at Sasquatch Festival? I don't or, know. I don't know. He wasn't. Maybe it just depends. Have you ever on wanted him. to do that? If, just, if it was, if I was at a loose, festival a that I enjoyed the bands, and I actually enjoyed a multiple amount of the bands, yeah. um, I would definitely do that. If I was with my friends too, and they were dancing, I mean, it's all about I think who you're with, and you know, I'm not. If I'm by myself at a show, I'm not more. I don't have as much. Um, I don't know. I have. I have. Don't have as much inhibition to. <laughs> You know, I just so there the is more, a lot of the more friends you have around you, the more likely you are to I, I for me let loose. for me yes I would say yes for me. See the interesting about Brandy's videos that she points out that uh, there was a group of girls that she was noticing at the show, and she felt like that you know the girl one of the girls showed kind of you know an inkling of you know wanting to rock out, but she held back because of the peer pressure of her friends, and Brandy was was really disturbed by that. She said, the girl, you know, if you want to rock out, rock out. Don't let people around you hold you back from, you know, enjoying yourself and feeling, you know, and be true to what you feel on the inside. So, but you're kind of on the opposite yeah, side I of Yeah, I mean, that. if I'm you, with you my friends, friends, I'm more... To, to help you. I would say not more outgoing, you. but I'm, I'm more willing to do that with friends. Hmm. Oh. Not with you, but with friends. Not necessarily my spouse, but... So if you're if, if you're friends. with if you're with me, you're less likely to rock out. Yes, absolutely. Very very interesting. We have to do a show about that eventually. <laughs> I, I think so. I'd be interested if, if, if I was the only one because I'm wondering if that isn't just a kind of a spouse thing or if that's you know just me or what. But um, those wives or husbands out there, just tell me: Do you act differently if you go to a concert by yourself versus if you go with your spouse? Mm-hmm. Because I would say that I totally act different when I'm without my spouse. You act different. Huh. Yes. Wow, that's uh, that's very, 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 very interesting, and I definitely think we have to uh, we have to do a show about that because that's uh, you, we're probably not the only couple that uh, that goes through that, right? I mean, there's got to be more, you know. So if you guys have uh, you know, you have issues with that, or not? I guess not issues or whatever you would call that. Um, Definitely uh, drop drop a comment on the uh, on the blog here on the, the uh, livefixblog.com and the show notes blog post, all that kind of stuff. Uh, let, let you know, let us know. Um, you know, or, you know, hit us up on Twitter at uh, at livefixmedia, and let us know if you're you've ever experienced you know that same kind of uh, you know group holding you back, or if you're with a spouse and you know and you're more opt you know you're more likely to mirror them and not be true to yourself and you know a very interesting dynamic so cool stuff so thank you brandy check out the video we'll have a link to that in the show notes all that stuff like we always do right so the next thing 
this the, the, this next thing is just awesome. I I, I am super excited. Uh, you know, and we love talking about mobile mobile apps. So right now, we want to talk really briefly about uh, Stage Page because we're going to actually we're, we've been reaching out to Alexia. Um, uh, Alexa, I think your name is how you say that. Sorry, Alexa or Alexia, if I butchered your name. But in any case, uh, we stumbled across uh, this thing called Stage Page. Uh, so it's an iTunes app. Uh, unfortunately, it's not available for the Android. I think it will eventually roll something out. But they have a free app. Uh, it's called Stage Page. And what it allows you to do is to have um, you know, the opportunity to chronicle and document your concert experiences with uh, photos, videos, Take a picture of your st- your stub. Take a picture with people, and um, and also write in some notes. So wow, so you can like document your whole show. Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic, you know. And I from looking at it uh, just kind of first glance, you know, I think uh, you know it's just just all on the on the iPhone uh, app here. Does it give uh, you a limited amount of shows that you can do that, or is it? No, no. It uh, you know it allows Forever. you to catalog where you saw it, who you were with, you know what venue, what you, what the date was with with that. So I'm actually going to be using this at the chairlift show. So um, I haven't had a chance to use that as, as at a show yet, um, but uh, definitely going to be using it during chairlift, and we're going to report back. And we've also reached out to Stage Page, and uh, we're going to have them on the show to talk a little bit more about this because the whole theory and concept behind Stage Page is right. Speaks right to the heart of Live Fix, which is documenting your your concert experience, sharing your story in context of who you were with, what you felt, and how that concert changed your life, and kind of putting that all into a story and using different media to do that. So that's that's what we've uh, we've stumbled across this fantastic app. Uh, I love it so far, um, and we're going to be doing a little bit a little bit deeper review. And we're going to try to talk about. You know, one app every you know month. I mean, we're trying to yeah, really we, talk, we, we talk about some, some more apps. There, there's some really great a, apps that have come out. There's lately. a lot of good stuff out there, and so if you guys know of an app, you created an app, um, you have some ideas about an app, concert apps, please shoot us an email. All right, now it's time to dive into our chat with Michael Brandvold and explore the story of Kiss Online. And when we return, we will also explore and experiment with a little Kiss trivia. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I've got I've got a marketing company, Michael Branville Marketing, that uh, focuses primarily um, on music. That's my niche. Although I do have some non-music clients, um, but I've been in the music industry in one form or another since about 1985 when I got started in college radio. And uh, I've done college radio. I've done. I've worked at. Uh, independent record labels, doing radio promotion, worked at music magazines. Um, uh, I've done um, merchandising, online merchandising, fan clubs and stuff like that. So uh, everything related to music, you know, I've done it in one form or another almost. Um, It seems like a lot of what I've done has been related to all the business except for selling the music. Hmm. Um, meaning, you know, seven, eight years of doing online websites for bands. We were not 
primarily focused on selling their music. We were focused on selling their merchandising, mm. T-shirts, tour books, concert tickets, fan club memberships, um, anything and everything that the record labels were not involved in at the time. This was 12, 10, 12 years ago. But about two years ago, I just decided it was a right time to start my own company. I'd been doing a lot of this work for various companies over the years, some work on the side helping people out, but never really able to focus full-time on it because I was always working somewhere else. And uh, situations changed, and the timing was right, and I started my own company. And, yeah, for the last going on almost two years now, how does the, the live experiences that you've uh, that you've had influence you know some of the uh, you know the uh, the marketing that you do or you know some of the the client work? At the core, you know, the live concert experience has always influenced me. I've been a huge live music nut my entire life. Uh, although surprisingly, I didn't go to my first concert until my senior year of high school. Um, it was funny. It was so that would have been I don't know around eighty two, eighty one. Um, it didn't dawn on me before then that bands actually went on tour. You know, I'd listen to their music, I'd listen to them on the radio, play their records, but for whatever reason, it, it never dawned on me that oh my God, the band actually could come and play live, and I could go see them. And when I really kind of and 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 you know why i thought that who knows you know when 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 you're a kid you don't know what what makes you think certain things um but once i realized there were i could go to these concerts i went to like uh, 12 concerts that first year um you know almost one a month um thankfully concerts were only like five six <laughs> seven bucks back then for a ticket you know you could buy a ticket and uh couple t-shirts for you know like 40 bucks and go to a show imagine that yeah it's, it's changed a little bit huh? you can't even pay the service charges for 40 dollars anymore <laughs> um i've always loved the concert experience and and to me it's it needs a concert experience has always should be more value for your money meaning i don't want to go see a band just play if I want to, if you, all you're going to do is get on stage and play your music, I might as well just stay home and put the record on, you know, hmm. back then or the CD on or play the play iTunes now, because that's all it is. You know, it's it, there's no show. You're not putting on a performance. You're just playing your music. Well, that's the same experience I could get at home. You know, hmm. I want I want more for my money, and I think that's one reason why I've always been a huge Kiss fan is, you know, these guys always went out and gave you, you know, so much more for your, your concert ticket. You know, you get, yeah, you heard the music, you got a show, you got lights, you got, you know, you left there just exhausted and your mind was blown because it's just like, oh, what an experience that was. Um, I think a concert has got to always be that way. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, it's just, I don't know. I think a, a musician who goes and puts on a live show and just gets up there and sits and plays is not putting everything into it. And yeah, and I'm not saying that their music isn't great. Just for a show, I want a show. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the whole concept. It's a show. So show me something. Do something. Is that, maybe that's not you running around on stage, but maybe it's a visual. Maybe it's a video presentation behind you. Maybe it's something else. But um, I've always felt the concert experience needs to take the, the, the listening experience and take it to the next level. What do you what do you tell you know a band that maybe doesn't necessarily have the you know the resources or or even today in you know the world of social media it's like you can you can interact with your fans even before the show and start to build that relationship so what what, what kinds of things do you encourage you know bands to do that will make you know make that connection with the fan at the concert even more memorable than just playing the music what what kinds of things you know well i i think the most important thing is that the the band the musician the artist needs to remember what it's like to be a fan so put yourself in the shoes of your fans you're a fan of some band some musician what gets you excited and you know, and, and, and that's the simple, it, it is the simple things. It's getting recognized. It's a handshake. It's meeting them. Um, that goes a long, long way for building a relationship with a fan. And it's, it's just, you know, it's kind of ironic that even to this day, that's probably the number one thing I always tell um, bands out there is just go talk to your fans. Acknowledge them. Talk to them, can have a conversation with them, meet them, shake their hands, say thank you. Because it just doesn't happen. You know, as, as, as simple as that might sound, so many bands just don't do that. You know, they get caught up in, oh, it's a show, I'm coming in, I'm sitting in the dressing room, I'm going to go on the stage, as soon as I'm done, I'm off the stage, I'm moving my gear out, or I'm having a drink in the dressing room, hanging out with friends and and close family it's like you know those people in the dressing room they're they're not going to make or break your career Mm. it's the people that are out in front of the stage that are making or breaking your career go hang out with them and and it just you know that's the number one thing i i you know it's it's various forms of that advice so is it going out there and asking people to join your mailing list or is it going out there and passing out postcards or giving out free CDs. There's all sorts of, you know, little specific things you can do, but at the core it's get out there and meet your fans. Make the fan happy so that they leave going, oh my God, I can't believe the lead singer came out and had a drink with me. www.kissonline.com. My name is Leo Quinones, Anchored Alaska, bringing you exclusive The Freaks, The Wild Kiss Freaks, here. Let's check it out. You will not believe these people. They're out of control. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And welcome, Kiss fans all around the world. It might be empty now, but this place is going to be rocking like you've never seen before. We smuggled it all in. Yeah. No no plug, no plug for uh, Captain Morgan, but we've seen them in 74. They've been here. They're back. Fucking A. Kiss Alive, you know it. Number one, two, what? Three, yeah. Kiss Alive, four. We're here to rock your world. Kiss you live. Yeah. You know, can you be proud of me going into the ladies' room? Are any girls in there willing to be on the official KISS website? Okay, come on out and be, and show everything. How long have you been a KISS fan? Since I was a child. Jean, welcome to KISSonline.com. This is the official KISS website. Would you like to show Jean your tattoo? Now, that's most of it. If you had a chance to be in the dressing room 
Would you cave or would you meet the challenge with one of the band members? I would meet the challenge. It's after the show. Um, what what was it like, you know, merging that online fan site with, uh, you know, with the live concert experiences? What what sort of things did you do to, you know, kind of nurture that relationship and, you know, kind of build build up that that community and kind of link the live concert experience to to what was going on, you know, online? Well, you know, I think I approached it from the, the standpoint of, okay, I now have full access at, at a KISS concert. You know, an all-access laminate that will get me anywhere I want to go. Um, you know, I can run around with a camera and I can take pictures all the time. I'm not limited to the first three songs and in the photo pit. I could stand on the side of the stage. I could go into the balcony. I could go wherever I wanted to. Um, and, and so as I was doing that, I just remember, looked at the concert experience again as a fan, going, what, what does a fan get excited about? You know, we, we, we see more than enough photos in newspapers and magazines and websites from photographers who are in the photo pit for the first three songs. You know, that's, everybody sees those. Mm -hmm. So why should I do the same thing? You know, I've got the access for the band. I'm, I'm not going to be in the photo pit for the first three songs. I'm going to be at a different angle that other photographers are not allowed to go to. Now, is that taking it from behind the stage? Because how often do you get to see what a concert looks like from behind the drum kit? Or from looking up from the side of the stage in the guitar tech booth, you know, where he prepares guitars and stuff like that. Or um, out from the soundboard. Or, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's looking at it again from the different angles of, of showing that concert experience that, that the fans love but for the most part, never get to see it because they're limited to a select view that most photographers are forced to see. But then I would go back into the pit later in the show. So, you know, maybe at the encore, I would go in the pit at the very end of the show to get a very close-up of the band taking their bow on stage or being right there as all the confetti is just flying up. You know, again, a different view than most people would not see. Most of the fan stories, the, 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 the great stories, came after the band started doing their meet-and-greet VIP programs. Because prior to that, the band never really did meet-and-greets, mm -hmm. um, you know, other than some industry people and, and stuff like that. They would never do a meet-and-greet because, the, you know, their schedule didn't really permit it. Um, but once, so, so fans never got to go backstage. You never got to experience a lot of what, you know, that excitement that a fan would get from meeting, meeting the band. So once they started doing the meet and greets, man, you would start seeing some amazing, you know, fans that have been following the band for 30 years showing up and, you know, you can see the emotions in their face and I mean, tears when they would get to meet the band and, and, and how amazed they were at the time the band would spend recognizing the fans. And, um, you know, that, those were the most memorable things was to actually see how happy the fans got by the action of the band paying attention to them. Mm. You know, it's, it's, you know, to Kiss's credit, when they would do these meet and greets, 
And, you know, an entire meet and greet might last 25, 30 minutes max. Boy, the band was there with those fans. Those fans had the full attention of the band. Hmm. Nobody, nobody else could interrupt them for business. You know, there was no VIPs. There were no family members. There were no promote. It was the band and the fans. And, you know, the band would make a point of walking around and just walking up and talking to them and smiling and shaking their hands and signing anything they want. And, you know, it just goes back to what I talked about, you know, at the beginning of go recognize your fans. Because when, when you recognize them, they, they go nuts. They appreciate it. They get so happy. Um, and and, and that is, that's where the memories are coming from that the fan has. And then now in this day and age, that's where the fans get online and will post how great that experience was, how happy they were, how cool the band was. That's the type of stuff that will live on and give the band such a great reputation online you know you want your fans to go out there and just talk about how amazing and how great everything was yeah it's it's really amazing to you know to to think of that note in those terms you know the relationship between the fans and the band and just you know it's it's almost like the way you're describing it is uh you know each each of them are feeding off of each other and um what, that's the way it should be. You know, you know, that's the way it should be. You know, the, 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 the devotion of a fan should feed the band, and then the band being appreciative of that should feed back. The problem is there's a lot of bands that, you know, they don't have that relationship. So the fans are very excited, but they're never, you know, they never get the, the acknowledgement. They never get the thank you. They never get the, you know, we appreciate it. And, and that's as simple as what it. It's as simple as it's got to be. Is just a thank you. Hmm. you no, know, it's not. It's not like fans are going to expect everything given to them. They just, you know, it means so much to know that the band took the time to read their post or shake their hand or say thank you. That it's like, you know, fans will save that post you know they'll take a screen capture of that post on facebook or they'll save a copy of the email they got or you know little things like that become the most cherished memory a fan has and when that happens you've built a relationship that's really strong and you know that's something that kiss has always been great about is they they just you know they and 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 it's kind of funny because you know they're huge they don't have to spend that kind of time with the fans. Hmm. Now, they're still going to sell out concerts, whether they spend time backstage with 50 fans or not. But they still they do it because they know how much the fans love it. Um, there was an interesting post that you wrote about uh, a, a comment that uh, Nick Adler had, uh, uh, had said. And, and uh, they kind of want to look at that a little bit more, you know, just the importance of a band and its, you know, its online presence and its ability to communicate that to, to a venue owner. And just want to get your, you know, some more thoughts about, you know, uh, how, how a band can, can do that. You know, if they're not, they're not the band, you know, type of band that maybe has a, you know, has a following, but they want to get shows and you just, you, you make some interesting points about, why that's so crucial now because that's how venue owners and 
bookers, promoters are are looking and making these judgments based off of the social media uh, following that a band already has. Uh, what, um, how 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 important is that? And you know what uh, what do you tell bands and you know or, to do to you know give themselves the best chance in, in that in that situation? You know, it, well, it, it it all comes down to that that your online presence represents you and your career. So people are going to judge you on your online presence without even talking to you before they even approach you. They're going to look at you and go, how professional are you? Does your website look professional? Is it updated? Are you active? You know, are you talking to people? And, you know, if the answer is yes, 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 and yes, they're going to put you at a different level than they would a band that isn't doing any of that. And you, you've got to realize that, you know, you are, you are being judged by your presence and you don't even know it. Because a booking agent is looking at your website without even letting you know he's interested in you. Hmm. And, or, or, or you send him a press kit, you know, saying you're interested in doing a show. Before he even calls you, he's going to research who you are. And how do you research how people are? You hit Google. Right. You go to their website. You do a Google search. You see if there's anything being talked about. If there's no, no sign of a band online, you know, that, that booking agent is going to probably be scratching their head going, why would I book this band? There's nothing about them online. Or, you know, that example uh, I gave in the article, well, their website was last updated two years ago. If they don't care enough, why should I care? You know, or as, you know, as, mm-hmm. as Nick would say, you know, he gets his team to immediately go look online. Well, do you have Facebook friends? Do you have Twitter followers? Do you have a fan base that you can promote a show to? And if the answer is no, then you're probably not going to get that show booked. Because, you know, the promoter isn't going to take a band that assumes the promoter's going to do all of the work. The promoter wants to work with a band that can sit here and go, yeah, I've got 10,000 fans online, and I'll go out on Twitter and Facebook, and I'll promote my show to them. I mean, it seems we're at a point now in, you know, just in the music industry as a whole is that so much is dependent on that live show, you know, how how you get the opportunity to play live, how you develop yourself as a live artist, and how you connect with your fans at, at the show. I mean, is that is that a safe assumption to, to say that the live show has never been more important in oh, the history no, of music? Yeah, I, I think it's it's extremely important now because... You know, that, again, that's where you stand to make your money. You're, you know, most people are not making money selling music. You're making money selling concert tickets, selling the T-shirts at the show, selling your CD at the show as a souvenir. And, you know, the live show is just as important today as it was 50 years ago for finding new fans. You know, you find people who like you at a live show. That's how you build up your following. So you cannot take it for granted. It, it is definitely, you know, it's never been more important. You know, and you've got you've to pay your dues. 
You know, you're not going to start out right away playing to 200 people and making $500 a night. You know, you may start playing to nobody for a free beer, but you've got to do it. You've got to work your way up. What are the obstacles, you know, our bands facing today that maybe they didn't face then or maybe how some of those obstacles changed and, you know, what, what would keep a band, you know, from gaining momentum with, with their live show? I think, you know, probably the biggest one is it's just extremely competitive. There's so many bands. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the ops, you could be your biggest obstacle, actually, mm-hmm. in that you feel like you're deserving when you're not. You know, I, yes, it's great to never lose money putting on a show or doing a mini tour, but you also need to be prepared to lose money to further your career. You just want to do it in a smart way and understand what, what's happening. So, you know, if, if, if you're not willing to take the $50 that a club is willing to pay you, some other band is. So you need to determine how important is it for you to play there then. Maybe you, it's not that important, and that's fine. You'll pass on it. But maybe playing there on a Tuesday night for $50 gets you one step closer to opening for a band Saturday night where you're going to stand to make more money or just play in front of more people where you can sell more merchandise. You know, when it comes down to a live show, I think we've all been to a show where you sit there and go, wow, that band is just going through the motions. You can just see it. You can feel it. You can just tell they're there because they need to do a show, but they don't really care. And then, then you've been to shows where you're like, oh, my God, they, uh, these guys are just, I'm exhausted watching them. That <laughs> you know, they're so full of energy that it's an amazing set list. And, you know, that, that is what a live show is. You know, again, I think you, ha- you as a musician have to remember what it's like to go to a live show and see a band. What, what, is le- what has made you leave a show going, wow, that was fucking amazing? And what has made you leave a show going, I'm never going to see these guys again, you know, and learn from that and apply that to your own career. All right. And welcome back. So, Colleen, are you a Kiss fan now after, after listening to that? I have more appreciation for what it takes to uh, sell a band and uh-huh. um, what it takes to continue to work behind the scenes to promote a band. Yeah. That definitely gives you a different perspective. It does, right? absolutely. I mean, the games absolutely. change, right? I mean, absolutely. hearing that in perspective, right? So, um, but uh, they may have a different genre of fans. There may be some marketing gurus out there that are going to become more appreciative of what kisses John and mm-hmm. maybe listen to them more. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know, and the and the cool thing about Michael uh, Randvold is that uh, you know he's worked with a lot of different bands. You know, so he's got a he's got a good you know good you know diverse palette of, of you know of experiences and he uh does a great job you know on his uh his blog of giving some tangible things that bands can do to make their website as as uh streamlined easy as possible for you know promoters to find and fans to interact on how to use social media facebook you know updates all kind of stuff so um but now you know if, if you weren't already converted as a fan colleen now we're going to get into some to uh some uh kiss trivia okay and and this is, uh, you know, and again, too, you know, I, um, I, 
gonna be honest, you know, I haven't been the biggest Kiss fan. You know, I, I think I just saw them as, you know, kind of, you know, big rock stars and you know and things like that. But uh, looking at some of these some of these trivia things that, uh, you know, have gone on during their tours or you know, kind of puts everything in perspective. So, um, you know, definitely some interesting things here. Uh, like for example. Um, uh, and we should actually give a, give a little shout out here to uh, KissDominion.com and their uh, their facts section. So the boys over at uh, or girls, I guess it could be both, right? Um, at uh, KissDominion.com, they've uh, compiled a very interesting, long and uh, you know very detailed list of uh, different facts about Kiss and specifically some tour stuff. So we're going to highlight a few of these here real quick. So. Uh, it looks like in, in 1971, and this is this is this is kind of amazing, you know. And I wonder, I didn't have a chance to ask, uh, you know, Michael about some of these things, but uh, it says in 1979, Kiss spent over one million dollars on special laser effects for the Dynasty tour, and one of the effects uh, they said here included uh, where Paul, one of the band members, shot a laser from his eye. Um, the the entire system, though. They said was never used on the tour, so they invested all that money, a million bucks, and never, wow. never used that effect. So that's a, that's a lot of money just to burn, right? So, and with, with a band like Kiss, you know, I, I I'm interested to see, you know, how how they would handle that, you know, in a day and age, because it's it's different than it was in the '80s, uh, you know, in managing tours. So the next interesting thing in uh, the history of of uh, Kiss is that. Um, in uh, in recording a live two, so they had a bunch, you know, they've had a sequence of uh, live albums, and it says here in a live two, uh, it's said to be recorded in Los Angeles during the Love Gun tour, but actually the version Beth on the album was recorded in Tokyo, Japan, a few months prior during the rock and you know during uh, the rock and roll rock and roll over tour. So I thought about that, you know, when I listened to Daft Punk. And that Alive album, one of my favorite live albums um, that I love to do, yeah, I love to listen to that over and over again. That was recorded at different different festivals, and they kind of tell you that. So one thing to think of it as a live music fan, right? I mean, you never know what you're listening to. Absolutely. I mean, is, that impor- is that important to you? That they, rec- they, that they said that it was recorded in one city and actually it was another? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that kind of bothered I mean, to me, that's kind of fraudulent. Fraudulent. I guess it's a long word, or that's kind of a strong wow, word, but wow. uh, I, I think that's a little, I mean, if, they, if they're if they selling a record that, that, that claims one thing, and they throw some, like a filler in there, yeah, that's what tapers like to call a filler, uh-huh. so it's not from that show, but they fill it to, mm-hmm. to add to the CD, Right. Um, that's more of a bootleg kind of stuff, but, um, so I, I don't know, I... I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of that. Just don't put it in there. Right. Put it on a different CD of, of um, you know, a, a CD that has, you know, 10 different songs from 10, 10 different uh, countries or something. Right, right. Don't, uh, don't lie about it. So I, that, that upsets me. I'll be well, honest. Sp- if I was a huge sp- Kiss fan, it probably upset me a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested to go, you know, go in the forums and, you know, see what, uh, what other fans have felt about that. And, and again, you know, uh, I'm not saying that this Kiss Dominion dot com is the absolute you know end all say all so if some of these facts are a little uh, are you know misstated uh, by all means you know let us let us know uh, we have the concert fan hotline that you guys can call in on at seven seven three six zero nine 
4341. Let us know if some of these facts are not true or uh, you know if there's a little bit more backstory to them. So speaking of uh, fraudulency, um, what was what was interesting here? Speaking of live albums, uh, uh, according to uh, this uh, this site here, it says that the photo cover of Alive, the Kiss. Kiss's very first live album looks like the band is playing during a concert. However, the picture was actually taken in an empty theater to get the perfect photo. Oh, isn't that interesting? As a photographer, how do you feel about that? As a concert photographer yourself, do you understand the need I, to do I, that? I, I what do, do you, not. What do you, you're always talking about getting that perfect I, shot. I understand, you and I don't. I don't that like problem. that. I mean, I think this happens a lot, you know, and I, and it's very funny because oftentimes. Um, photographers, and if you're not a photographer or a concert photographer at that, you don't know this, but in a lot of shows, they usher in the photographers, they get there, you, you're, I mean, there's sometimes 30 people squished in a, in a little hallway almost, like a, a pit. Cattle. And, and I mean, if you, I think you basically have see, to, to shoot in that, you know, and then you're, you're hitting each other's elbows, you're hitting each other, I mean, it's, it's a mess. And it's funny because, when the security guards usher you out, there's always the select few that get to stay in, okay? They get to have the pit all by themselves. And those are usually higher-end um, production company, you know, or, or magazines or, you know, newspapers, whatever have you. And it's, it's stupid. It's not, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it not fair, but it's like... Really, I mean, you're going to let some people in and not others. And, and so then, you know, the, the people who look at magazines wonder, you know, well, how do they get that shot and how do these people get this shot? It's, it's because they give, it's, it sometimes can be unfair the amount of time that you get in there and the shots that certain people get. So you can kind of understand other people don't the, get. the need to kind of fudge. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, or, I don't understand that, but I can see. I can see what happened is probably. And it wasn't on the album cover? There's probably some live shots. From the actual show that amateur, not amateur, but but photographers who don't have that privilege to do it before the show during a sound check. And, I, and I'm sure there's some major magazines that that get into that for a shot. Right. And um, so I'm, I'm sure this happens all the time. It's, it's not really realistic, you know. And, so the and fan picks up the live album of Kiss, very first live album. They're like, wow, that looks awesome. But it's really not... It's, it's, you know, and the, the music is them playing live, but the actual image that is associated with the music is not an actual live concert. It's done in a quiet, empty theater just so they can get the right image. It happens. It happens to, to promote and to sell. Would you do that as a photographer? Would you feel comfortable with your picture portraying not an, actu- not an actual I would scene? personally not. That's... Misrepresenting um, but always, the actual music. But there's always for the right price. I mean, if you know oh. they were offering me, you know, a certain amount of money for those shots and to keep my mouth shut and, and not say that they were from the live. Wow, so thing, you could be bought. You're saying you could it. be bought off. I'm sure. Yeah. As I think a photographer, a of, you you wouldn't have problem with that. I wouldn't have a big problem or, or with it. I mean, there integrity. are some things that I would have a problem with. With that, I wouldn't because they are playing live. It's just to me hmm. and maybe three other people. So yeah, you know, I mean. There's other things that I have problems with. What I do have problems with. So if with, they were to if, plugged in on the stage, recorded a little album, a little riff, and put that in as a little hidden track or whatever, then you as you, long you as they claim fine. what it is. I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. You know, I I would have had a problem with a live shot taken when they were doing a show in Tokyo, but it really was 
you know, in Chicago, Illinois. That I would have a problem with because then you're bluntly lying. Right. But this p- photograph was taken before the show that it was the CD was put yeah, together I don't know. For. I don't know. Well, I don't, we don't it, know that It, it sure, definitely but... sounds like a perfect scene right out of Spinal Tap, you know, okay. and like this well, is kind of a, a rock star. We don't know star, enough information <laughs> about it. A rock star it, thing. So, yeah, I mean, if, if this fact is not correct, definitely let us know. Um, let us know what's going on. So, got a couple, couple more here. Then the uh, the other one was kind of interesting. We're talking about music and branding and everything. So, um, you, you know, you've we, we've looked at the Kiss logo. You're familiar with it. You know, it has the the uh, you know the wavy S's and you know at the end. So, when the band was playing in Germany, the SS of the Kiss logo uh, was too close to the Nazi symbol. Too Nazi esque is, is what the site says. So. It, it, they're, they're saying here that the band used a modified logo when, when visiting uh, Germany. So the Germans would not let KISS play if they didn't change their, their branding to you know, appease that, uh, that culture. That's, that's interesting. You know? Um, I, you know, I wonder what, uh, what you know, Michael Branville would, would say about that or other bands. Uh, I wonder if other bands do change some of their branding so it's not... Culturally, you know, confusing or putting the band in a bad, you know, in a bad light. I mean, bands play worldwide all the time. I'm sure they have to think about all that kind of stuff. Especially the bigger the band, the more of that you have to think about. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Um, there's symbols that mean different things, and colors that mean different things, and you know, images. And sometimes those images actually sell more. You know, nowadays, um, I don't know that there's a lot of cover art. To I mean, we do a lot of iTunes stuff, so yeah, the iTunes have the picture that goes along with it, but I don't know how much time we really spend looking at cover art anymore, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And But there used to be a time when you, blocks, you would do that on purpose, you know, to shock people. That. You'd have a naked girl on there. You'd have a whatever, some monster or something on there to shock people. Right, right. So, right. you know, things, I think, are, are changing somewhat with that. Now you have to shock people with the music. In the words, Hopefully. not necessarily with the picture. Yeah. You know, and before it used to be, wow, I'm going to get this album because of the picture. Yeah. For, for a lot of people, that was why they bought records. The album, right? Albums. Yeah. yeah. So they had to think about their branding and they had to uh, redo their branding so that that market would do it. So very, uh, very interesting, you know, um, to uh, think about how, how that would play out today. So the last piece here is probably one of the most interesting on this site. And kind of kind of humorous as well. So um, back in the day, uh, you know, things were very, you know, were, were, were a little bit different. Uh, you know, in reading books like uh, Hammer of the Gods, the uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, biography, and, and, and learning about what went on with Peter Grant and, and the, you know, he was the promoter for, uh, you know, the, or the manager actually for um, Led Zeppelin. And you just hear these stories of things that he would do and the band and just all the things that would go on backstage. So with Kiss, one of the things that happened with them, uh, according to the site, says uh, once uh, the band was on a tour uh, where the road manager uh, for a rival band uh, would cut the power to the stage so Kiss couldn't do encores. Um, so they go on to explain that uh, that all changed one night, it says here, when Kiss's road manager held his rival at knife point and locked him in the equipment equipment case. So you never know what's going on backstage, right? Very rarely do uh, us as fans get to see things like this you know, happening. Of course, we've heard our fair share of you know, stories, and we've been backstage with artists, and you know, you, sometimes you're amazed, and sometimes you're like, oh, really, you're... 
that's who you are. Wow, cool. Not you know, the meet and greet is great, but you know, it's 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 very interesting. But you know, as uh, Michael Brandvold mentioned in the interview there about um, those backstage interactions, the band really really loved those, and they're really inspired by that. So uh, I wonder what we would you know if we had this guy that was trapped in that uh, that equipment case. I wonder what he would what he would have to say about. Uh, Kiss today. I wonder if he was a fan or maybe not, because he was yeah. trying to. It'd be interesting to hear his know? his take on on all of this. Yeah, I hope he's know? not still locked in that case. I mean, that's that's kind of a weird thought. Hopefully not. Right, right. So, anyways, that wraps up our show. Uh, again, thank you to Michael Brandvold and uh, the Kiss Army. And if you're a Kiss fan, uh, we'd love to hear your stories. You know, we we know that they're. They're actually on tour right now. I mean, if you go to kissonline.com, you check it out. Uh, they're actually on tour right now uh, with Motley Crue. So uh, an interesting story about that is that uh, Kiss gave Motley Crue their, their start. So uh, you look at some of the quotes here. Uh, Motley Crue talks about how what it was like to open for Kiss uh, back in the day. So they're actually on tour doing a joint tour right now. And you can go to kissonline.com, check it all out. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to hear Kiss stories. Uh, you know, any anything you guys got, we'd love to hear uh, hear how it's going and how Kiss has changed your life. You know, and do you walk around uh, the house, you know, with uh, with makeup on and you know, tongue and blood and all that kind of stuff? So very very interesting stuff. Anyways, uh, that wraps up our show. Again, uh, give us a buzz, 773-609-4341. That's the Concert Fan Hotline. And if you actually go to the KISS Motley Crew or you have tickets, please call us and tell us why you're going. Yeah. And yeah. maybe if, maybe this is the second time you're seeing one of the bands, and so we'd like to hear about the first time you saw them. Yeah. What brought you back? I mean, KISS. After all these years, what keeps you engaged as a fan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we got uh, all the uh, social media stuff as well. Uh, find us on Facebook, Live Fix uh, on Facebook, and we're also on Twitter. Uh, we've been doing some really cool experiments on there, so be sure to follow us uh, at Live Fix Media. And again, uh, if you're going to that chairlift show in Chicago, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hook up with you, say hello, and uh, catch a show. Uh, until next time, go to livefixblog.com, check out all the show notes, and we will see you guys later.